Okay, on Sunday we did something that was a little bit different. You know, it was Christmas Day on Sunday, and, and of course we're going to have service. Uh, Christi- you know, Christians not meeting because it's Christmas. Um, I don't know. I mean, wh- how would you describe that? It sounds like an oxymoron with the emphasis on you said it, not me. Okay, so I, it's just, yeah. Uh, so what did we talk about? We talked about giving Jesus what he asked for in his first coming. So did all that make sense to you guys? What we talked about on Sunday? Um, do, we, do we as a local church see the need to give Christ what he asked for? And the whole church said, most of us did and we don't have all of us here tonight it's a start and if we see the need okay so so we saw on Sunday what did the Lord tell us in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 all power in Matthew 28 he says all power in heaven and earth is given unto me in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 it's it reads ye shall but ye shall receive power after what after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then the statement, right? It's not even a command. It's a statement of truth. And ye shall be witnesses unto me. So that, again, that word witness is rendered from the word martos, martyr, right? You transliterate it into English, it's martyr. You will be martyrs of me, martyrs unto me. Uh, you will lay down your life a witness of me. You, your life will be laid down a testimony of the, the person in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in Acts 1.8, that starts right where you're at. They're, they were right there in Jerusalem in terms of applying it today. Right where we're at is here in Kansas City. And then the, the suburbs, right, the neighborhood, uh, the county, the area, uh, Judea, and then you start from there, you just start going cross-cultural, right? Then Samaria, and then to the uttermost, to the nations. And so one of the things that we talked about was that uh, so help us God by his grace if the Lord tarries. You know, if, if everybody in this room dies of old age, okay? And our, our disciples have been obedient and they've gone to make disciples who will go to win people and train them and they will go and make disciples. If the Lord tarries long enough, so help us God by his grace because of this ministry, because of our obedience right here in this generation right now, there will be people at the judgment seat of Christ from every tribe, every tongue who will bow their knees and confess Jesus Christ at the judgment seat as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, right? That's what we're trusting the Lord for. Now, I shared with you on Sunday, I'm actually pessimistic we have enough time, okay? But if we're gonna get caught doing anything, right? If I'm, if I'm gonna get caught at anything, like, you don't wanna get caught with your hand in the cookie jar. No cookies before, right? I don't wanna get caught stealing from God, stealing time, stealing resources. I don't wanna get caught trying to live my life for myself. I want to get caught trying to take over the world. That's what I want to get caught doing. Right? If the king's going to catch me at anything, it's endeavoring to give him what he asked for. Everybody's with me? 
like let's, let's be all about working a plan that's gonna actually give him what he asks for. Okay, so we wanna be obedient. We wanna rock the nations for the glory of God. And so from the very beginning, back when this was a Sunday night uh, outreach, uh, I, the statement of faith that I've had consistently is so help us God by his grace. Uh, we're gonna make disciples right here in the urban core of Kansas City and we're small people in a hard place. Can a, can, a, can a tiny group of people from the hood rock the nations for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, so help us God by his grace. That's exactly what we're gonna do. It pleases God to use small, weak, despicable things to bring great glory to his name. So we're qualified. Let's not play church. Let's not play Christian. Let's be the church. Let's be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when the rest of the world is half-stepping with God, trying to walk a fence, which is very uncomfortable, by the way, they're walking a fence. Let's not do that. Let's be all in on following the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, we talked about the need for corporate prayer. Everything that I just said is so completely beyond our ability and capacity. We can't rock the nations for the glory of Christ. There's no way we'll have an impact that will result in people from every nation, every tribe, and every tongue giving glory to God as born-again sons and daughters of God. We can't do any of the things that God's called us to. The only hope that we have is that God works in and through us. And if he works in and through us, then the work will be marvelous. Amen? Everything that we're endeavoring to move forward in faith on, everything that we're trusting the Lord for, we actually can't do any of it. Uh, like even pastoring people, that's, beyond, that's totally beyond my capacity. I can only pastor you at the level you voluntarily submit to that. I can't pastor you if you don't wanna be pastored. I mean, it's not a cult. I can't make you do anything. Uh, I can only lead you at the level that you wanna be led. Okay, what has to happen? I kinda have to have your heart, <laughs> um, which means you kinda, have, you, you kinda have to have mine. God has to do a work. And you know, I mean, obviously, you know, that's why God's put us together the way that he has. We're, we're endeavoring together uh, to, 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 to be a part of building Christ's kingdom, one soul, one at a time, one disciple made at a time, uh, one leader trained at a time. Um, can we pray that this church would recognize her weakness and her lack and her, in, in terms of self, her insufficiency, the insufficiency of self, uh, I mentioned this on Sunday. I, I want to reiterate it again tonight. All of this, right, from, from what I think here to what I'm able to speak, able to do, the way I'm able to move and act, all of this is a dead man. I'm a dead man walking. So if I'm walking in the flesh, I'm not walking in the spirit. If I'm walking in the flesh, then it's a dead man preaching dead words Everything reproduces after its kind. If I'm a dead, spiritually, if, I, if it's the dead man talking, just saying words at people, if there's no life, if there's no unction, if there's no power, if there's no spiritual anointing, 
then the word of God isn't going to pierce the hearts and lives and minds of people the way it's designed to. Because again, what we have is not a pastor, we've got a poser, we've got someone playing the part. Does that make sense? So for myself, first and foremost, I'm desperate that this church is praying for me because I, I, I can't say the words that will achieve the right outcome in terms of eternal glory for the Lord Jesus Christ. But again, I'm a person that's qualified for God to use to bring great glory to himself. I'm weak, I'm foolish. From a worldly capacity, a worldly perspective, there's plenty to despise. There's plenty to, to not be impressed with, and so that's great. But can God not use us mightily? Everything that God's called us to, God has to do it in and through us. At the point where we start looking at ourselves as a local church and saying, look at all the things that we're doing right, and look at how many of these other churches are doing things wrong. What we're doing now is we're not being wise and we're comparing ourselves amongst ourselves and we think that somehow, now we would never view, we'd never frame this this way in terms of our salvation. We'd say it's by God's grace alone through faith alone. We have to believe on him for what he said he wants to do in our life. I mean, we, we would never think that our works would earn us salvific merit. We wouldn't do that. We wouldn't say that, that, that our salvation was in any part or any way dependent upon what we do or our capacity, our ability before God. Uh, we'd call that just rank heresy, wouldn't we? I mean, it's all the grace of God and I'm believing on that. All my eggs are in the Jesus as my savior, as my sin bearer. That's the basket I'm putting the totality of my life into. Well, we get saved by grace through faith, and then we try to live by works. Uh, Paul's point to the Galatians, you know, they, they started to think in that way, and he called them foolish. You know, oh foolish Galatians, who, who hath bewitched you? You thought you could, I mean, you got salvation right, but now you're gonna go on and you're gonna perfect things through your works, through your ability, through your capacity. We need the lost to come to our services and know that God is in this place, that they'd fall on their face and say of a truth, God is in this place. God is at work in this place. God is at work in these people. Like the lost ought to see the reality of God working in and through our life. And we know that we need that intellectually. But do we know that we need that in terms of the desperate dependence of the heart? Do we know that internally, in terms of the inner man? Uh, Here's my fear, is that as fruit abounds, because you know, the grace of God is abounding toward us. Um, Many, we're abiding in Christ, and Christ is abiding in his bride and fruit is being born, and uh, what will happen? You know, we'll be like, we'll be like, you know, King Nebuchadnezzar, and we'll look around, it's like all this life is dependent upon us. We'll be like the arrogant man that says, look at all these blessings I've gotten by my own hand, by my, my wisdom, my ability, my capacity. Uh, man, if, if other people were sharp like me, you know, they could enjoy rich bounty as well, and, and what happens is a desperate people who are dependent in prayer for blessing, they get the blessing, 
And then in the process of managing the blessing, right, the blessing, they let the blessing make them stupid and that somehow by our own ability we're able to accomplish things that bring glory to God. I mean, like, man, I'm desperate that this church would never lose its desperate dependence upon God to be a prayer hearing and prayer answering God that will, according to his word, work through a small, weak, humble people. Um, I just hear us make comments and I think we're, we're just too impressed with Midtown Baptist Temple. And uh, man, I don't, and I'm not saying that's the case across the board. I'm just saying it's a very real danger for us to be too impressed with what God has done with a small people in a hard place. Um, we should never get over the awe. We should never get over being impressed with God's willingness to condescend and do that. But to be impressed that somehow it was by our hand, by our might, by our power, by our ability, that we have some blessing from the Lord. And so what happens is pride is, pride is a judo master. And before you know it, it has you in its grip. And, and, and the next thing you know, you think you've arrived at some level and that you deserve these blessings. And well, yeah, God blesses the people who position themselves properly. So great, be wise, small yourself, humble yourself, okay? Keep being at a place where God wants to, to bless you. Um, but um, I think, I think we're, I think we're in need of growing. Uh, in our understanding, we're in need of growing in our capacity for corporate prayer. Can we pray that God would continue to break our heart for our desperate need? Uh, if, we're, if we're gonna go get Jesus what he asked for for his birthday, uh, that means God has to work mightily through us. And uh, there's, there's just too many ways for us to short circuit that. <laughs> uh, pride's the big one you know, us getting in, in, in his way. Uh, can you pray, can we, can, can we pray that God would make us a people that are desperate in prayer, dependent in prayer, full of faith in prayer, that God will hear and answer our prayer? Would you pray that God would burden us to come together as a body and call on the Lord to cry out for him to do what only he can do? Got too many churches that are worried about looking sharp and what they need to be is on their knees destroying pew pads for the glory of Christ. My brother is one of those people that we would have said, uh, it's just, he's just so messed up. And then he, on top of the issues that he had, he, he destroyed his mind with drugs. Uh, he tried everything, anything and everything for a high and uh, did great damage to himself. Most people would look at him and diagnose him as bipolar, you know. And uh, when we found out, he confessed to my sister that, that uh, he put a hammer in a guy's head, helped a guy murder uh, a person for theft. And what became apparent to, to us was that he, he wanted to meet with the family and what we assumed was is he wanted to confess to this and that he was gonna commit suicide. I was slightly suspicious that he would probably murder us all 
and then commit suicide. <laughs> um, he and I would get into it, you know. I was the oldest brother, and, and growing up, we'd get into it. One time, we really got into it. The parents were gone, mom was off shopping, and, and uh, I thought, this guy's trying to kill me. And so I figured I had to dissuade him, and it got really rough at the Miles house, and uh, in the process, he got a bloody nose, and, and um, I mean, we were all over the front part of the house fighting, and um, he got frustrated that he, that he wasn't able to do whatever he wanted to do, and, and he, he started screaming, and he ran, and and he ended up locking himself in his room. And I was still mad at him, I, so I went to my room, locked the door, you know. And uh, a couple hours later, I hear screaming upstairs. <laughs> and I'm like, what in the world? My mom is screaming um, at the top of her lungs. I, I run upstairs, and she's just standing in the entryway, just screaming. I'm like, Mom, what's wrong? And she's like, who got murdered? And I look around finally, there's blood. <laughs> There's blood everywhere. There's blood all over the entryway. And I'm like, oh, me and Jim got in a fight. <laughs> We're okay. <laughs> uh, we got in trouble. <laughs> um, he would snap, you know? I mean, it was just... And, and uh, the thing that hit me was, this is it. We're, we're at the point where I'm gonna... We're gonna lose my... My, my baby brother is gonna go to hell. He won't ever listen to anyone. Uh, he's got a warped, weird, bizarre view on life. He doesn't even know how to think correctly. Like, there's no hope for him. And uh, my sister and I, in realizing what was happening, that we're getting ready to watch our brother go into to eternal hell, <laughs> separate from God. And he grew up hearing the gospel, but we're losing him forever. We. We just got destroyed for him. And we got on our knees at her couch, and we destroyed that couch. I mean, just destroyed it. It was covered in snot and tears. I don't know how it ever got recovered. I mean, we destroyed that couch. And uh, we didn't care. We were just weeping. God, have mercy. And praise the Lord, I think in answer to our prayer, he was arrested, he wasn't able to commit suicide. And I know for a fact, it is the prayers of my father, my father and mother, but my father particularly, uh, begging God for him, uh, that he in, pr in prison he actually sobered up for the first time in many years. And he's reading the Bible, he's reading the Gospels, and all of a sudden it was like the light went on in his head and he got down on his knees in his prison cell and he surrendered his life to Christ. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that immediately his mind was fixed. <laughs> He'll be the rest of his life recovering, uh, I think, from some of the damage that was done. Uh, but my brother is born again and I'll have him forever. Not because we were able to convince him, not because we were able to be so brilliant in our capacity and ability to win him. All we ever did was fail in his life. But at the point where we gave up and got desperate and we cried out to God to do what only God can do, 
he heard and he answered our prayer. And so quickly, so mightily, so amazingly, he showed himself strong on our behalf. That's worth a couch. Man, I wish we could get broken for people. I wish I could get that broken for the loss across the board. Maybe we wouldn't get anything done. Maybe all we would be doing is replacing pew pads all the time. Maybe that would be the number one ministry in our church, is just reupholstering the pews. We'll get more done. I, just, I, just, I pray that we see it. We'll get more done if that's what we have to spend most of our time doing, is just reupholstering the pews. This church will not rock the nations because we're awesome and we're doing everything right. We can do everything technically right. We can be super uber biblical on so many, but if, if that is done in the spirit of self-sufficiency in terms of our capacity, uh, that's not abiding in the, in the vine. We're not gonna bear much fruit. Is this making sense, brothers and sisters? I'm begging that we would pray for in Midtown Baptist Temple that we would get broken as a church over our need for desperate, pleading, importune prayer, uh, that we cry out to God for souls. I don't know when the pastors, we haven't discussed it yet, you know, but we need to be thinking about when are the, when, when is the season of prayer and fasting for the lost gonna be uh, going into the spring? You know, what, 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 what would that look like? Let's, let's find a time to do that, but. We need to grow in prayer. We need to grow in pleading prayer, importune pleading prayer. Could you pray for that? Can we have a season of prayer for that? Um, if you have the ability, would you plead for that uh, for our local church? Let's pray.